Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Uh, speaking of famous, we have hey. <laughs> we have our next guest on the phone with us. We've got, uh, got Natasha Gad, who is the CEO and Creative Director of the Australian International Documentary Conference that is actually coming up very shortly. So welcome to the show, Natasha. Thanks for having me. Hello. 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 You're more than welcome. Now, Natasha, before we talk about the actual um, the conference the conference that's coming up and all, all the, the, the bits that we'll be showing on there, uh, just a little bit of background on you, if we don't mind, just for our listeners and also for, for myself. What if, how did you get involved in, in this industry and, and, and where did your love for the arts come about? I'm assuming you have a love for the arts because you work in there. Oh, I despise the art. <laughs> oh, you're sounding very much like David now, Natasha. Come on. <laughs> no, I, I've actually been involved in all sorts of areas of sort of film and television. Um, I started more on the what we call the screen culture side of things, so programming and curating documentary film festivals. I worked many years ago at the Australian Film Institute looking after their uh, short documentary packages and... After about 10 years, I had been writing about and thinking about and watching so many documentaries and I was so clear about what style I really appreciated and really resonated with me and so I tried my hand at making films. So I then spent 10 years making documentaries, um, a lot of arts documentaries featuring sort of musicians, artists and came back full circle and have ended up working now with AIDC, which is really about facilitating opportunities for filmmakers to get market support to greenlight their projects. Yeah. Now, what, what is it about a doco? I love a doco um, and, uh, uh, because it gives you a great insight on who the person is or the situation is that you're covering. Uh, and, um, and, you know, like, and it's also good for, you know, because a lot of the times it's somebody that's no longer with us. Um, so there's a lot of archival um, information or and then you've got to go digging for it. But it's so varied, isn't it, Doco? Oh, yeah, the styles are really different. So when I the, – the era, I guess, that I really loved the most uh, was the observational sort of documentary movement that came out of the US in the 70s and actually out of um, France at the same time. So we'd gone from having these – 35 mil or 16 mil cameras that were sort of fixed on tripods to more portable handheld mm. cameras. And yep. so that then gave access to kind of people and worlds and places that the documentary filmmaker had not really previously been able to access. So I don't know if you've seen the film that the Maisel brothers did on Bob Dylan called Don't Look Back. Yep. But you get, you know, you're in the hotel room, you're backstage yep. going on stage with him. So I think what that particular style of filmmaking did for me was 
it really took me on a journey and it avoided the sort of narration, you know, the voice of God narration. Yeah. And you just watch, I guess, the events as they unfold before the camera. Yeah. And you've got very structured, very scientific, you've got poetic, mm. hybrid, animated docs. There's mm. sort of no... There's no end to the innovation. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 they've never lost their popularity. You know, it seems to get stronger and stronger, even to the extent where um, you know the the Beatles um, doco, um, and then uh, you know like it was redone again with extra footage and and uh, and all that only a couple of years ago. And the insight you you got with with uh, like you said with the Bob Dylan, the Beatles one um, was fascinating. I think that's it. It's giving us that that um, that access and connection to people that we would not otherwise have a connection to, yep. or to get those kind of, I guess, understanding of the the lives that they lead. And it mm. takes you on journeys to places that yeah. you might never be able to go to yeah. either. And it gives you perspectives on mm. all different, you know, people and and their, you know different identities across yeah. the world. Now, where, where is DOCO going? You know, like is, is it, um, uh, you know, there, there's the conventional DOCO, but is there something happening right now that is exciting you and that we might not be aware of, Neil and myself might not be aware of, um, the, the change in the way it's being presented? Well, I mean, there's a lot of experimentation and innovation in sort of like the VR and AI space. Um, which is, you know, I guess a documentary at the nexus of, of innovation. So where we might be used to watching a documentary, um, now you can kind of experience a documentary and you can be part of the story. And that might be through, you know, VR and wearing a headset or it could be more of an immersive experiential um, documentary that's sort of like in a gallery or, yep. you know, a space where you get enveloped by a story and you might interact with the story. Yep. We're seeing a huge interest in um, audio documentaries, which, you know, we kind of distinguish from podcasts where, you know, it really is an investigation into a story Mm. um, that can have, you know, incredible real world impact like we saw with the teacher's pet recently. Uh, And then I guess the thing that's on our radar more from the industry is how younger content creators are using social media to create documentary content. So. Whilst at first we might have thought, well, that's not really a documentary. You know, that's really a talking head and someone on TikTok talking about something to an audience. But younger people are using this as ways to learn more about issues that they're interested in. And some of these TikTok creators have got, you know, millions of followers. And so this year at AIDC, we're bringing that into the fold and we're going to hear from Uh content creators. And, you know, there's a lot of new initiatives that, funding agencies and um, broadcasters are doing to, you know, go to where those younger audiences are consuming non-fiction content. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, the film festival, uh, as always, the film festivals around the world um, have always had a very, very strong uh, doco component, haven't they? Yeah, and I think for doc enthusiasts, that's what we would always have to wait for. You know, other than, I guess, the, the sort of limited slots that – the ABC or SBS would have yeah. uh, for feature documentaries. We would have to wait for the film festivals to come around each year um, to see those really big, um, longer form documentaries on the big screen. Uh, the 
the really great thing about the streamers is that there are more homes for documentaries. Mm. Like every platform is, you know, homing documentaries nearly. And by doing that, there's more, it's creating more interest and awareness. So I think there's a whole new generation of documentary, you know, lovers now that would maybe have in the past thought documentaries were potentially boring or just educational. What I think they've really become attuned to is that they're, engaging they're funny they take you mm. on a wild journey they take you to places you've never been you learn about things you would never have any yep. connection yeah. with otherwise so and, natasha sorry i was going to ask you happens, the more gets commissioned. Yeah, sorry i just want to ask you you mentioned about the streamers so do you do you feel that the uh that documentary makers do get is it a bit of a i mean do they get the same sort of opportunities with some of these streaming network um you know sort of services to actually make uh content and to actually to to produce the, their their works basically yeah absolutely i mean i think it's been a point of contention for a while uh because some of the streamers i guess were more looking to drive their subscriptions on a global um scale mm. so perhaps they weren't um, they weren't necessarily commissioning in particular areas, so they weren't. They were putting a lot of content on their platforms that was not Australian, and they were getting a lot of Australian subscribers. So that wasn't really generating opportunities, like you were saying. Yep. But more and more, they have more and more. Mm-hmm. They realise that they do need to be creating content for different territories that will, you know, appeal to those audiences. And so there's just been, you know, a new announcement that there'll yes, be of course. Australian yeah. Yeah. on the streamers. So um, some of them have already been doing good work in this area. Yeah. You know, Netflix has got an office set up here. Stan obviously does a lot of great original content. Disney, Amazon, they're all working with Australian producers now. So I think that combined with the, the quotas will yeah. mean greater opportunity and, and it's crucial that yep. there's Australian Oh, ab- ab- Absolutely. It's so good that the government's yeah. doing this. So, okay, well, what, what what's the main purpose of this conference? Well, we're really designed to support and elevate documentary makers and we do that through sessions around, you know, upskilling and craft with absolute masters of the field. So we have a number of spotlight sessions featuring uh, Oscar nominated. We're very, very proud of the fact that we've got four of the five yeah. nominees in the, in the doc section featuring at AIDC and speaking about their craft. Brilliant. Um, Sarah Dosa, uh, Sean Axen, uh, Daniel Roa, and a preview screening of Laura Poitras's All the Beauty in the Bloodshed. But we also have an incredible marketplace, which is very industry focused. So less probably interesting for your general public uh, documentary viewer, but um, this is how documentaries can really get that leg up that they need to get made. So we curate meetings between producers who have got projects in development with you know, over 120 decision makers representing all of the public broadcasters and streamers, both here and overseas. We have live pitching forums that have feedback for each pitching team from all of the buyers, uh, we have amazing networking events and parties. You need to top off the day with that after a hard day of meetings. Um, and we have a, a screening program that features films uh, from the speakers that are attending AIDC, and we do that in partnership with ACME at their incredible cinemas. Yeah. And now, is it open to the general public? Can we get involved? So for the screening programs, absolutely. So we do, we do that each year um, to make sure that there are 
you know, opportunities for the general public to be able to watch a film and then also hear from the filmmaker through a Q&A. And that's a very dedicated kind of craft-based session. So <clears throat> we have a, six screenings that we're doing in partnership with ACME, uh, some fantastic films there, including David Farrier's Mr. Organ, as I said, Laura Poitras's All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. Um, and we are screening Into the Deep, which is an incredible documentary by uh, an Australian filmmaker called Emma Sullivan. And um, this was the story of the murder of the Danish journalist Kim Wall by the inventor Peter Madsen. Yep. in Denmark yep. uh, on the submarine that sunk and subsequently got raised back up and um, we're looking at a conversation she's having with another director, Daniel Roa, about Navalny, which is the, the story of the poisoning of the Russian um, politician, Alexei Navalny. Yeah. And both, both of those filmmakers did not start out to make those films. They went on a completely different path oh, really? to that original <laughs> intent and the footage that they filmed along the journey was used to convict the perpetrators of both of whoa, those crimes. So the fact that we've called AIDC Agents of Change, that's our theme this year, is very much about, you know, the real world impact that documentary makers can have. Yeah. And, and you're finding that a lot of um, cold cases um, are actually now, because of uh, podcasting and, and docos, uh, opening cases. You know, police are going, hold on a minute, we, we need to look at this. Um, that's happening more and more, isn't it? That's right. I think, um, you know, the tenacity of documentary makers, whether they've got funding or not, once they've committed to a story, for the most part, they will not let that go, <laughs> regardless of whether it's, a, it's sort of, you know, about a crime. Yeah. It's just the commitment you make to your participants or people that you've been working with, regardless of whether you get funding, they, they will always find ways to continue to get that film made, even if it takes 10, 15 years. Yeah. Police departments have to close investigations at some point. There's not ongoing funding. And so sometimes what we're seeing is documentary makers picking up a case that has not been solved mm, yep. or a wrongful conviction and then doing all of that work that the departments cannot be funding anymore and uncovering new evidence mm. and, you know, overturning a wrongful conviction. It's mm. huge. Yeah. And and but it would also be exciting for um, uh, the doco maker too, you know, um, you know, like uncovering this story. You know, it's it's almost somebody needs to be filming them um, finding all, all this information out, and and you know, like make sure your doors are locked. You know, when when you uh, you know, like sort of finding this information, I find all that very fascinating. It is really interesting. I don't know if you've seen or you can recall Errol Morris's The Thin Blue Line. Yeah, yeah. From many, many yeah. decades ago. And that was one of the first that kind of brought new evidence to light that overturned a wrongful conviction. And then there was the Paradise Lost uh, documentary series yeah. on the West, um, West Memphis Three who were wrongfully convicted of a heinous crime that um, Joe Berlinger made a documentary about and Peter Jackson subsequently made a documentary yep. about, which overturned um, the wrongful conviction of these three young people who'd been in prison for decades. Fantastic. It, it's just so fascinating and so varied, as you mm -hmm. said. You know, like, um, that's the wonderful thing about it. It's, um, uh, you know, like, and, and, you know, it's plays such an important part of, um, the film world, doesn't it? Um, a doco. It really does. And it also plays a really important part in, 
reflecting our kind of, you know, diverse national identities. When you think about, you know, looking back at documentaries over time, they represent different stages that we were in politically, culturally, socially, environmentally. And so, you know, they can be such an important, um, like, archive of our history, you know, mm. the good and the bad parts mm. of it. Yep, yep, absolutely. All right, so when, when's it all happening? So we kick off in three weeks today, Sunday the 5th of March, and we run right through until Wednesday the 8th of March. So for those who are interested in the public screenings, there's a screening every day and you can jump on to aidc.com.au to learn more about those screenings and um, come along and hear from these incredible filmmakers and, and watch some great documentaries on the big screen. Fantastic. Uh, well, and congratulations on um, it sounds like a great program and uh, I will see you at uh, ACME. Okay, thanks so much for having me. A pleasure. Th- thank you so much. We've been talking to Natasha Gatt here on Joy 94.9, Sunday Arts Magazine. Joy 94.9 is a GLB TIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.